0: Welcome everyone to another Azure centric podcast on our uh, Azure Weekly Updates show. Uh, I'm Marcos Nogueira, I'm your host. And with me, I have my best friend, Andrew Lowe. How are you, Andrew?
1: I am amazing. Uh, I think that uh, this is gonna be a very good week. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, lot. The sun has been shining here.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> We are almost on the point of melting because Canadians above twenty degrees are starting to melt, and cold uh, uh, <laughs> I experienced that as well so so is where we starting to put the a c on in our houses and on the cars? It's crazy, yes, we know we are a different brand um, a different <laughs> well, we breed, go from not brand all to too hot very yeah, quickly very quickly but um. Let's start with one of the things that I like, and especially this week, is to thank you to our our subscribers, and thank you that you are uh, listening and seeing this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to continuing share your love for this um, podcast and for this community. Um, and what a week of support mm. we raised by three times. Um, our views, what was incredible. So it must be something that we are doing something good.
1: There's something in the water or the podcast <laughs> in this case.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: But uh, if you are it's new to this- It's much appreciated. It's very humbling um, it to say the least, but uh, it's also really exciting, right? So Absolutely. Um, it's so wonderful to have uh, so many people viewing, and uh, all of the feedback actually has yeah. been uh, really cool. It um, is positive, negative, neutral, uh, whatever. You know, just leave a comment, weigh in, um, chat with some of the other viewers and listeners on the on the YouTube chat. There, um, there's some really cool people um, kind of chiming in with different opinions. So it's really it's really fun to see.
0: Um, it is. It is really fun to see. And and if you are new to this um, to this channel. Uh, because someone recommends you or or you just uh, enter into this, uh, we usually press one button and we let go. So, if you see some jokes that you don't like it, we apologize at the beginning already. <laughs> but, uh, uh, we have a very good week. Uh, I'm very pleased with what we're going to talk this week. Uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of a broad way. Um, w- when we were uh, trimming down, let's call it this way, our agenda for today. Um, we noticed that was a, a topic, a major topic happening this week in Azure. And that mm. was about Azure SQL Postgres. It's not our wheelhouse, unfortunately. Uh, so we, we are not covering those areas. We are no covering other areas as well um, that... It's, they are interesting. So networking, it's a lot of, uh, updates that we're talking about networking, mm-hmm. uh, a few updates that we're talking about, uh, our, our good friend ASR, for example. Right. And nice. some storage updates. Um, and I think it's about it. It's going is, I don't think it's going to be one of the longest, uh, but <laughs> Certainly is not going to be oh, one of can't the shortest
1: those things at the
0: start, Marcos.: Oh sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So, what are you feeling about we should start this then?
1: Yeah, I think our our first article is really great, so uh, let's Let, roll it.
0: Let's roll it, and then we'll come back in a few moments. So welcome back. Let's start with the first update for this week. And the first update for this week is the general availability of enable Azure Site Recover, the ASR, while creating Azure Virtual Machines. And I have to say that this was not in preview, okay, before, but it is a fantastic idea, I have to say, because Mm-hmm. A lot yes. of those times, okay, a lot of those times, while we're creating the first VM, I always, almost always, and I have to say me, because I know that's all other people as well, forget to create the ASR, right? And now, while we're doing that, we can create the ASR uh, in this case um, and enable the ASR for the virtual machine. So it's pretty cool what they are, what they are doing. Um, and it really increase and goes to a different level, what they call the BCDR or business continuity and disaster recovery for all the Azure VMs. This is not only for Windows VMs, it's also for Linux VMs, right?
1: Yeah, there's some CentOS and Oracle Linux and of course Red Hat uh Linux as well. Um, quite uh largely consumed. Uh I don't know the current stats on it uh, off the top of my head, but uh I remember something like a few months ago they'd said that uh Unix based uh VMs had now pulled ahead and there was more Linux slash Unix than there was Windows VMs in Azure. Yeah. So Which is pretty it's pretty amazing. Um it I mean is. Yeah, but being able to enable uh ASR at the time of creation is really great. Um you know, we don't have to use now uh super customized ARM templates. It's kind of built in uh kind of baked right into uh VM creation now. Yes. And that's I really liked uh what you were saying because it's so easy to forget um when we're creating the VM you know a lot of times we just go, okay, yes, we need to create this quickly. We got the change request approved. Um, you know what, there's only uh, three different VMs uh, and each is a different flavor, so I'm not going to script it. I'll just go into uh, Azure portal and create what I need and uh, then you know we're done and we can make a fresh cup of coffee and go home. But uh, often we get in that rush and we're busy or we get another call or an email that's also urgent and we forget to add ASR yeah. um, and uh, you're right for business continuity and disaster recovery. It's really critical, um, especially in the modern times, because we need to make sure that we have um, very good business continuity plans, right? Yes. So even if we leave kind of that whole uh, disaster part, like just those words out of it to avoid uh, that negative feeling, and we just talk about business continuity for a moment, A lot of businesses have done, uh, you know, major changes in the last year and a bit with the pandemic to make sure that all of their systems are remotely reachable and everything is interconnected. Um, But there's still some challenges, right? Everything has been done in a hurry in many cases. Um, a lot of the work that we're seeing uh, right now is kind of that governance piece coming back. Yes. And okay, so we're up and running. Everybody's enabled to work remotely. Uh, now let's get uh, all of the other pieces working. And ASR is a big part of that. I think for a lot of companies,
0: it is. And it, and it's not only that. It's it's the 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 way that you can facilitate because, like you said, we have other mechanisms that we can add the VMs to uh, uh to ASR so by azure policies for example is one of them by like say you scripting by using powershell DSC design set configuration for example as well you can add by using what's called the azure auto manage you can create those policies to add those so we have all of those services that we can that we can add but usually what I found is the majority of those times, right? Uh, you want to create a VM and start to create a VM just for testing. And then then VM, usually, uh, it just becomes into the production world, right? And That's what happens when we put a <laughs>
1: testing system on the production network. It's ah.
0: always like that, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, it this is just for testing. And you're starting to put some code or some something inside the VM and suddenly that VM becomes production, right? Uh, and usually for all of that, and to be able even to recover, uh, another day I was talking because they want, I was talking to a customer of mine and uh, I see this as a benefit of that, for example, is uh, they work, they want to test this on two scenarios, right? They want to test a version Um, They were testing a version, in this case, of their application uh, with .NET framework. And they were trying to see if what happens with upgrading the framework. So instead of creating two virtual machines to do that test, uh, what they do, what they resolve to do is, uh, because they need to test on two different regions, they just basically create a machine, configure the machine once, Replicate the machine to the other side and doing a test failover, for example, to test the, the, the second part of it, which smart. was pretty smart. If you think it, I was even not thinking on that direction when they told me that what they did, they say, wow, never thought about that. Again, it's another possibility that you have and That's what a really this good approach
1: to testing. Actually, I'm very, uh, very impressed with that uh, resourcefulness. That's a great way to use ASR.
0: It's, it's one of the, because ASR has is, is, is grown so much since the beginning, right? It was the first, so ASR is the father of the Azure Migrate, right? Definitely. So it was the way that we were migrating on-premise to the cloud. Is yep. the way that we can disaster recovery from on-premise to the cloud, right? So, and then is the way that you can move workloads easily from one region to the other right so you have some and and even like doing disaster recovery from other clouds like aws i did migrate some some of some workloads for aws to azure with asr
1: yeah and that
0: that is actually a
1: recommended path as well by it the way just is? for our viewers and listeners so um, to do multi cloud uh solutioning asr is a, a big piece of that, right?
0: Yep. It it almost like I, I'm always joking that almost solve all the world's problem. Almost. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> so we you know
1: we have a, a shared fondness for ASR. Yes. Um and you know I've I've shared it before with our, our listeners and viewers and I'll share it again. It was definitely the first uh Azure experience that I had, my first exposure in a non emergency way was ASR. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And, um, it was, it was a, it was a baptism by fire. Um, really right. Uh, it was such a different tool than it is today. And, uh, it's really an amazing tool to help everybody, um, not just get Systems into Azure. It's not only that, right? No. It's about uh, you know using uh, you know you may have use cases where you need to use Oracle Cloud or AWS or whatever your solution is, and you want to replicate that to a different cloud, right? Multi-cloud is a real thing for many enterprises, and uh, ASR is a very good tool, very robust tool to help uh, have something that is near real-time uh, yeah. replication yeah. across a
0: whole different cloud.
1: Uh, because to ASR, it's just another data center. It doesn't it care, doesn't right? It
0: doesn't care. It doesn't care. And-, yeah. and Really and, cool. And that's the part that, that, I, that I love about that is that, and and it's a such a such mature tool that you think, there is nothing that they need to do anymore. They are always evolving. That's the oh, part they're th- always that doing like,
1: something different and always you know what? adding
0: more stuff to ASR. A year
1: from now, the compression that they use is going to be just a little bit better as well. It'll be optimized for something as a special use case as well. Um,
0: exactly. yeah,
1: yeah, like so many uh, wonderful things that they've uh, added in and expanded that tool with. Yeah, I get really excited about ASR.
0: Yes, as, you, as, as you've seen already, we both are. So I think it's time to move to the next one. The next update is the general availability of Azure NetApp Files application consistent snapshot tool, the AZAC Snap, okay?
1: Yes, so Azure NetApp Files has some very special certifications, right? Yeah. And um, not only is it uh, like an extremely high-speed A low latency storage tool within Azure. Mm -hmm. Uh, It offers some special compatibilities uh, with our good friend SAP HANA, right?
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah, and especially uh, with that. What's that?
0: Especially with that SAP HANA, because that's a whole
1: certification
0: framework uh, for
1: like its own framework, right? And it is very, very um, hard to attain SAP HANA certification and Azure NetApp Files uh, definitely keeps that one in the pocket. Um, Absolutely. They, they've worked very hard together, uh, NetApp and Azure to team up and provide uh, this very high-end storage Yeah,
0: um,
1: and it, it is a special, uh, it's like a vertical solution, right? So yeah. you wouldn't use this for uh, everyday files, you would use this more for low latency file needs and The app consistent uh, snapshot tool is really, really great for, uh, you know, things like we we would, we always talk about app consistency, right? So the integration with SAP HANA and app consistency is really big because now the the database uh, for SAP HANA is going to be uh, very much uh, easy to uh, pull restores out. Sorry, I kind yes. of stumbled. Um, it's going to be easier to pull restores from and do targeted restores instead of having to roll back to a further time and lose data possibly, right? Absolutely. So there's a lot of big benefits with
0: this. It is, and it's, it's like you said, it's a command line tool uh, that enables you to simplify, in this case, your data protection. Uh, Although only it's for Linux environments only, in this case, SUSE and Red Hat, uh, but it is a way that you can have, like you mentioned, fast backup uh, of Azure Files for multi terabytes volumes, okay? Database and scale out scenarios using the the SAP HANA, like you mentioned. It's it's a nice, uh, it's a very niche tool, we have to say. It um is. But it's it's a nice tool to have, at least. Again, we are going towards to that enterprise world, especially with SAP, it needs to be enterprise world because it's not every single organization that have SAP, even less SAP N, because there are lot organizations that use SAP, but will be different at the base like Oracle and SQL. But exactly. with SAP N, it's really the powerful one, right? So Yeah, and we talk, we talk a lot about
1: the different technologies um, in Azure to use with SAP HANA, uh, specially targeted VMs yeah. uh, that are built with uh, huge because, amounts of memory and Because processing. they
0: need to be certified by SAP. That's what SAP controls, right? They need exactly. to guarantee that you are running these on their type of hardware to guarantee the performance because SAP guarantees that, right? Mm. So moving to the next one, is the general availability of announcing lower pricing for provisioning through output on Azure Ultra Discs.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. we thought this one was a little bit funny because we did poke some fun at it last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And dang, that's really good because premium disc can be a little bit pricey, but ultra disc, it's a little bit ultra pricey. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> be careful. And, and at that time I think that um Microsoft is listening to our podcast. I have to say, I have to. I profess, almost feel a bit bad for giving because, them because because we did almost bash them. that say that you need like the black card to running this, and we even ask our audience to just send us some money <laughs> so right. we can think we reduce this. And I think we went a little bit over the the, the fence. I we have did, to say.
1: yep. So make sure, yes. So we, we want uh... to
0: apologize because the good thing is. Now we can use our debit cards.
1: Absolutely, it's back <laughs> in our budget range. So so this was interesting, right? It so is. Um, I I highly doubt that our feedback had much to do with it, <laughs> but I'm sure that some large enterprise customers probably had a bit of a voice in this, right? Yes. So uh, high performance is really becoming more of a necessity than a nice to have in yeah. many uh, environments, right? Yes. And with so many enterprises utilizing Azure, they have to really try to stay competitive, and uh, I'm not affiliated with Microsoft in this case at all. You know, at all, I'm not at all. Um, uh, yeah, the only thing I have is certifications and uh, trainer, uh, and you know, yeah, that doesn't uh, give me any special privileges with high speed. I'll tell you that. No. Um, but uh, that aside, um, I just think that it's a really awesome improvement uh, because it really, it really kind of shows uh, like the intention. Of Azure as a business, really trying to make all of their technologies accessible and uh, doing everything they can to keep costs down, so that normal enterprises, small medium business, have a chance to utilize these things as well.
0: And but I have to say that what this is this is not a fixture. This is just uh, something good for for the pricing. But what surprised me over here is they are reducing sixty five percent. Yeah. of the price yeah so it's like a it's, it's like
1: a fire sale almost
0: <laughs> it's, it's like black friday in may oh last week you know was like christmas, christmas. In July, so exactly being, yeah, last i think, I think last guys. week or two weeks ago when we talking about this was like christmas in may and now it's black friday in may so may it's like now two weeks ago it cannot be uh, be, I think it was last I feel like it was last week. week, but yeah, I think it uh, was it's been last a busy week. week,
1: folks. We're sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I apologize for that. But yeah. Uh, now it's sixty-five percent reducing, so we have to try it, my friend. Uh I have I have to push it out using my Azure credits, this, but it's nice to see that they are that they are doing that for for the good sense of everyone, right? And and I think that is a good way to go. Uh I have to say so uh congrats Microsoft because it's not easy to just reduce one of the fastest disks that we that we have uh by 65% starting in May yeah, oh, that's on a huge all one. the provision yeah. ones especially
1: right? because it was just released, right? So already they've been able to drive the pricing down on it.
0: No, it so was, a it was of- not a release. It was in haste the performance because yeah. they was releasing a few like a a, a few years ago already, but it was too high and the performance was not there. I remember that we're talking about like going like 160,000 IOPS, something like that.
1: It's stupid, huge IOPS. It really is. Yeah. And it's it's massive throughput as well. Right. So I was just looking up the pricing on this from the link um, as we're chatting about it. And uh, I'm just going to pick the size of one terabyte because I feel like that's kind of a normal, like if you're, uh, going to use a, a snapshot or something like that, right? So the snapshot cost for one terabyte um, uh, gives you uh, uh, 500 IOPS for the snapshot itself, like for the actual snapshot, uh, is just over $100 Canadian monthly. That's very affordable um, at business scale, right? Yeah. Um, the, the pricing reduction here has been quite significant. Um, I would say to the, like, even for managed disc, if you pick managed disc, um, 500 IOPS is 57 bucks Canadian a month for, um, just for, uh, uh, kind of regular data, right. It's like, this is pretty cheap and you know, the higher you go, um, you get, uh, uh, more IOPS and more throughput. Um, so if you're if you're using a disk size of like uh, 64 gig, you're getting 19,200 IOPS on these. So I don't know what kind of storage is actually underlying in the physical infrastructure. I can't wait to learn more about this because I'm going to have to see if I can find something similar and we'll have to maybe partner together and build a bit of a lab.
0: Absolutely. Ultra
1: disk lab.
0: Wow. The ultra lab. ultra lab, yeah. I'm right? loving it. It's I'm like a
1: golden it. retriever, but faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I couldn't resist. I yeah, I, I know, I know that. Let's move on
0: to the next one before we totally do well this. Zone redundant storage, ZR, ZRS option for Azure managed disks, in public preview yeah this one's awesome as well right it is it is and 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 like like we said we talking about managed disks that is the way that microsoft recommends to go forward first of all because we don't care about where the disk is placed we don't care about anything like that we just care about size and iops okay basically um and then they will take care of 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 all of that and is already attached to the VM and all of that. But right now we can choose zone redundant storage, which allow us, okay, to save costs. Because zone redundant storage is the cheapest one, correct? No, no it's, local. Uh, it's the local. middle
1: it's the middle tier. So LRS uh is locally redundant. Yes. That's in the same correct. rack that you're in physically then zone redundant is in the the same same data center. Yeah, it's in the same region, but in a different data center, right? So uh, let's say that there's three data centers in your region. And if you're in data center one uh, with ZRS, you would have your disk replicated to data center two, for example, right?
0: And data center three, yes. Yeah, that, that, and uh, and, it does, and it doesn't matter
1: because it's managed, so yes. we don't really care where it is because exactly. the 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 guarantee for that service is at the latency level, and uh, it uh, you know it's going to perform because it's within the same region. And of course, the next one up is the geo, the GRS, the geo redundant storage, and that means you would be, for example, in Canada Central and US West Two or something.
0: Although like that. that one, you have six copies, okay. Because yeah, there's now, a lo- <laughs> there's a local lot. local redundant storage and zone redundant storage, you have three copies. The difference yeah. is that on the local redundant storage, the three copies that you have, they are on the same data center, okay? The zone redundant storage that's, that we're talking about, the ZRS, they are within the zones that you have on that region. So in this case, you have three copies, okay? of of the same information across the the zones that you have because there are regions that they have only one zone or two or three microsoft is already saying that they will have until the end of next year or something like that if i'm not mistaken. they will have all the regions uh, in 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 azure with three zones at least
1: yeah, and that, that's a very big commitment, right? It and is. it uh, really speaks to how business is very dependent on having zone redundancy in each region. So yes. worldwide, right? Um, there yeah, are lots commitment. of
0: benefits of that of zone redundant, right? Because there is when you're going to region, right? When you talk about regions, you have to, if you think a little bit further on this, you have to talk about vnets because you cannot extrapolate your your network on azure across different regions what does that mean it means that you cannot have exactly the same uh, for example ip span or ip subnets or, or the same vnet across two different regions although if you have the vnet in this case is within the region but if you have three zones means three data centers you will have exactly the same vnet across the three regions across the three data data centers so it allows you to just not having to change ips and all of that that's why a lot of the organizations they are doing disaster recovery inside of the same zone because then they don't need to automate inside the same region yes to a do to a different zone on the same region correct correct yeah Uh, thank you um, because but of it that, does
1: it does get, it does get confusing so yeah
0: yes but but allows to <laughs> see that now we have this this potential right of the inside of the regions that at the beginning if you remember like a few years back we had to think about I availability the first thing that we're talking about is different regions right and you need to deploy your application different regions but then we're talking about oh, different regions, I need different vnets. I have the problem of egress traffic between regions yep. and all of that. So inside of the same region, now that we have v, uh, that we have um, zones, we don't care about egress because inside of them, the same region, the same vnet or the same subnet or the IP range is going to be the same. So I don't need to update DNSs for that because it, it, it can be the same IP and all of that. So, and it's pretty cool. And this is now in public, is private, public preview. So not to use in production, please. And it's already available for premium SSDs and standard SSDs, uh, although it's not on all the regions. Okay, we have to say. Yeah, there is Yeah,
1: there is only a few listed, right? Yes. So uh, West Europe, North Europe, uh, West US two, and France Central. Regionals. Quite a mix there.
0: <laughs> Quite a mix there. So Canada didn't make the cut, unfortunately, for this, this public week. preview. Yeah. But that's okay. It's really that...
1: interesting, I think, because um, you know we got, we're starting to see a lot of um, services kind of complementing with the with that promise to deliver multiple zones in every region and uh we're really starting to see kind of services kind of orienting themselves towards that zone redundancy right
0: absolutely absolutely Uh, which is good because allow us to just uh choosing the region that is close to the organization and not needs to just start starting to deploy on different region because you need high availability, So you're starting to get a little bit more under control because then you don't need to go to, to other uh, or control the way that you are communicating between regions so you don't have egress traffic uh, kind of sur- charges and all of that. So it's really important to, to, to have that, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. We have to have redundancy in our systems uh, to ensure uh, stability, but Absolutely. also time.
0: Absolutely. The next one update that we will talk about is about uh, the Azure Static Web Apps. It's now in GA, in general availability. So this is pretty cool. Azure Static Web Apps, okay, is is basically the modern way to have the full stack web, okay, Mm -hmm. pre-built and pre-rendered from a static front end and serverless API backend. So, if you have some static content that you don't you want, then you already have your Azure static web apps available. So, pretty cool to have this uh, in announcement. I think it's one of the from what I saw on social media was one of the buzzes during this week. It was oh, wow. these Azure static web apps
1: yeah it's kind of a big deal, right because um you know guys like me that are kind of stuck in this uh h t m l zone for their uh, websites and uh, please my site is uh very basic uh compared to yours I know but but my site
0: um, is static as well, so guess what we what I'm gonna do I'm going exactly, to update yeah. to this
1: yep so i'm I'm waiting on my renewal times uh with my current host. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) going to uh, definitely be uh, migrating to this. So um, I was actually really excited when I saw this on Twitter this week, because this is a big deal. Um, A lot of people were really feeling the same way. So uh, there's some cool stuff with this I want to add too, right? So you get um, like free SSL certificates for custom domain configurations. Um, That's just freaking cool right? Uh, Like it's all managed, like auto managed kind of a thing, right? And um, you get also uh, a nice uh, CLI for your uh, development environment, right? And we can use Visual Studio Code um, to work on things like so many tools that uh, are kind of across the Microsoft uh, kind of suite. Uh, And I think of Visual Studio Code is really uh, one of the core things I'm in it Every week, yeah. multiple times, doing different things. Um, I think I add like one or two extensions a month to integrate with something. Yeah, and uh, it's Absolutely. such a flexible tool, right? Absolutely.
0: For me, what what's the most important part? Uh, not the most important. But one of the parts that I like it is the the be able to tailor with CI CD because, for example, the Azure centric website. Uh, I use CI CD, I use Visual Studio, I use all of that to develop Markdown, to develop that. Um, the possibility of having, for example, that I don't have right now, a free SSL certificate is awesome. Okay. So that's yep, definitely. Very enticing. Pretty big, because I don't have any content, is a static content there, but it's good to have always SSL, right? Mm-hmm. And. The part that I like as well is now that I'm starting to monitoring a little bit more uh, all the connections, I can globally distribute the content, okay, uh, for production apps. So I can now put some of the content because it's going to be static, right, on different regions, right? And I can deploy that through the same CI/CD that I already have right now. Just a matter of updating that and done and then it's the root based authorization is 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 magnificent i have to say and you can even custom the routing that you you want because if you have multiple web apps static as web apps you can start to creating some kind of layer like you have the front end then you have the api on the back end that you can reroute all of those type of things automatically so using this that is be scalable, you can almost create a different tier application for doing that. And it's very useful, for example, for APIs, because APIs, if you think, they are nothing more than static content. Yeah. So it's a website that you call, right? And that call is going, that is always the same. You have always the same structure it will call something else, some like a database or another another API or whatever it is, but it's always the same. So those type of things, it's, it's massive. That's why this week, the biggest buzz in social media was around these Azure statics web apps. Yep, I'd have, I'd have to
1: agree. Yeah, and it, it is really a big deal. It's gonna simplify um, a lot of static content deployment, um, especially from a DevOps perspective, right? Because, like yes. you were saying, um, you know, you can uh, roll the CI/CD pipeline down to it, yes, and it means that you can integrate that with—I uh, mean, everything absolutely. <laughs> at that point, right? absolutely. Imagination is your limit now, uh, thanks to that uh, that kind of CI/CD deployment model.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. The next one is Public Preview of Application Gateway Mutual Authentication. So we had one of these last week that was regarding VPN, right? Mm -hmm. If you remember, and this is now we have the application gateway that allows us as well, multiple or mutual authentication, which is freaking awesome. I have to say.
1: Yep. It's very good. Yeah. So we can do multiple client uh, certificate authorities and chains for app gateway to use uh, for their client authentication. Right. And uh, one of the thing that, uh, you know, we've, I I think we did this, like it think it was last year or something for a client was uh, the app gateway. Uh, we can now configure the listener for specific SSL policies. Exactly. Uh, That was something that would have been really, really useful last year. Um, Now is in preview. Uh, So it's on the way. So uh, it's interesting, right? So some of these things you think are very specific use cases, but uh, it has to occur across uh, multiple uh, clients. Otherwise, uh azure probably wouldn't take the time to develop a solution for it absolutely right? i have to kind of think that um, but i find it uh really cool because again it's a very good example of microsoft listening to the customer and uh being very responsive in developing these solutions
0: yeah absolutely because it allows you to have um to have to choose in this case, this case what's going to be the cloud education the, the, the information that you're gonna pass, right? Um, and uh, it will enable scenarios where, for example, the application gateway needs to authenticate the client, okay? And the client authenticating the, in this case, the app gateway as well. Uh, so if you need this case on both directions, right? Because mm-hmm. it used to be on only one direction only. And Definitely. that was the issue. Because if, if you want to, your app gateway to indicate to the client as well, because you can have an app gateway that is going to uh, connect to another service, right? Um, now with this, you have the possibility as well of, of using app gateway to protect your application going out instead of or, or outbound instead of inbound only. Because exactly. that, yeah, that was the issue that we is have critical, before, right? right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So again, it's in preview. Don't use this in production. Explore this, please, on your test environment, uh, at least. But it's something that you can start working because you know that you will be in a few time frame, right? In the next uh, years. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I think years, it's a good margin, right? Uh, within the next years, let's go this way, it will come GA.
1: So we'll, we can make a commitment on this, right? Because yeah. we have no affiliation or control over it. So we can we can definitely say it will be in the future.
0: Uh, <laughs> let me think, yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
1: So, uh, I'm going to push us into the next one. We have a bit of an honorable mention that we did talk about through our kind of trimming process. And uh, the reason that we wanted to kind of just uh, bring this one up to the light is because Azure Health Bot um, is uh, one of the tools that Microsoft developed at the start of the pandemic. And uh, India was not a region that was included uh, previously. Uh, And as we know, India has been uh, really battling and suffering and, um, well, battling, right? They've been having a hard time fighting COVID. Um, And one of the things that Microsoft has done, and I thought it was just worth that honorable mention, was, uh, you know, they have uh, deployed it kind of throughout that area of the world. Um, You know, some other ones as well, West and East US, but... Um, like UK, North Europe, Southeast Asia, Australia, East, and India Central um, is the one that was kind of standing out for me. Um, just a really good thing uh, for this vertical product, right, that uh, helps to do uh, diagnosis. Um, different agencies can use HealthBot. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe using the AI HealthBot is still free for health organizations. Is that uh I might be I might be out of date on that, but
0: I, I, if, I don't have that in in um,
1: it's not in the it's not going to be in the article. No, uh, it's not in, in on this the case, because this was on the blog site, uh, the Azure blog. Yeah, Um, it's more of a informational slash sales kind of an oriented blog um, versus the kind of technical content updates yeah. um, that we usually stick to. But yeah. It's... Nonetheless, I might be wrong on that. Uh, don't hold us to it by any means, but um, if you are a health-based organization and you need some help to uh, handle things with uh, AI, uh, especially triaging patients, a- answering questions for COVID health and things like that, um, that's exactly what HealthBot is there to help yes. you with. So uh, look into it, uh, talk to your Microsoft rep, and they'll absolutely help you out.
0: Absolutely, but this is, a like you said, it's a very nice addition of all of those uh, uh, languages that they are adding in this case, uh, mm-hmm. and regions that they are adding as well. And it, it definitely helped, and definitely helped, for example, in the US, because this was using, it was used in this case with Trinity Health, for example, mm-hmm. that is one of the largest healthcare systems in the US with over 30 million people across the 22 states. Uh, so pretty significant to just kind of uh, give the information to the patients, help them, uh, guide them, and, and and help them in this case alleviate all of that from the from the healthcare system, right? With all of those questions that this bot uh, allow allow uh, allow them to do it, right? So pretty cool uh, that we have. These artificial intelligence working with us to just on this pandemic, to just starting to, to going, um, reducing this and reduce the time that we have our normal lives back. If we will have our normal, our spot
1: on my friend spot. On. Right? right. Yeah. That is the dream. Of course, right now, if we yes. can get everybody uh, vaccinated and kind of, um, do whatever we can to just help everyone else Absolutely. Out,
0: absolutely. Right?
1: Uh, it'll, uh, all we can do is stay positive. And um, I actually feel very good. I think with all these vaccines getting out, um, you know, there's still going to be struggles. And I think, um, anyways, before we get down a very uh, crazy kind of a rabbit hole with the, with the COVID talk, uh, let's move on to something more interesting and technical. Uh, how about VNet peering support for Azure Bastion?
0: Whoa! Uh,
1: so this one is actually, I think, the smallest in size. Uh, it's like three sentences long <laughs> in the updates, but I feel like this one is one of the biggest updates as well. Um, this yes. one's huge because uh, what it means is we get to uh, now peer different Vnets together for Azure Bastion uh, specifically, right? Yes, and uh what what that, that means, I have to
0: say that it was one of the biggest limitations of using Azure Bastion
1: it was it was um it was a challenge uh right i don't want to say the p word uh problem but i do no, want no. to say
0: i i say that there was a limitation because uh prior to this you could only okay have one azure bastion host Uh, or or when Azure Bastion You had to have
1: one in each VNet. Each
0: VNet. So the issue was, right, when you have multiple VNets or where you have, like, for example, an urban spoke, where you should place the Azure Bastion, right? And be able to create one, multiple Azure Bastions, it was a nightmare. Just because you need to access... The, that the administration of, of
1: just the Azure Bastion system uh, became very complicated. Yes. And uh, a lot of organizations for different reasons, they might be taking advantage of uh, like uh, Azure VWAN or something like that. Yeah, They have a hub and spoke model. Um, it's one of the go-tos for network design uh, has been for what? Like many years. So, uh, you know, to be able to now peer uh, together for Azure Bastion specifically. I th- I just think that this is way bigger than a three sentence one. Uh, they should yeah. have some confetti or something on here. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, I... it's going to save customers a lot of money, uh, but it's also going to reduce uh, the amount of complexity and administration. Yes. And it makes Azure Bastion way more usable, which I love because now companies are going to want to use it more.
0: Yes. And it simplifies our life. We have to say because uh, we don't have to uh, <laughs> eighteen different logins. Eight, exactly, <laughs> eighty different logins, and it's not only that because uh, the the when you following the Azure well framed architecture or the well architecture framework, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you follow usually the hub and spoke methodology, not exactly. only for VNets, but for example, for subscriptions as well, for example, and centralizing all of the external access on the hub, in this case, to be able to control on the spoke um, is, is, is the best practice that Microsoft recommends, although it was not possible with this service. Right?
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a contradiction. Contradiction. Right? Absolutely. So you had to you had to provide administrative access. Can you believe this? Not even just regular access, but you had to provide administrative access and bastion for each spoke.
0: Yeah. So and then you are you it's it's a secure service because you are not using RDP anymore or SSH. You are using HTTPS to connect, but you still are able. You still are opening, in this case, the possibility of, of, of outside and you don't have the control of that. Right now with this, um, with this update, what you are doing is basically you are centralizing everything on your hub, right? You can mm-hmm. control on your hub. So now your policies, your firewall policies and everything else that usually stays on the hub, they can be effective, Right because if you are doing this directly to the spoke vnet uh, you need to have you need to have firewalls over there to just control what you were doing otherwise mm-hmm. you will be totally open right in this case you can place this on uh, on the on the hub vnet for example on a vnet even dedicated only for the the, the bastion uh, for example and they have the firewall the centralized firewall that you have to controlling the traffic between the spoke and the hub, controlling that traffic as well on your Bastion host, which is and makes a little bit more secure. Just, yeah, and just
1: thinking about um, kind of the parallel here, I, I, I won't go too far with this, but <clears throat> if you're using um, Azure Firewall, mm-hmm. You can also uh, go now to uh, up one tier. I think I want to say it's the like the standard tier, whatever they call their special one. And you can actually use uh, some third-party NVAs now uh, as your uh, firewall. So if your uh, enterprise has approved only one specific firewall and you're not supposed to use Azure Firewall for all of those things, you can integrate um, that hub and spoke model with uh, third-party NVAs in Azure now, um, that came out a little while ago. Uh, but uh, it's actually really, really cool. I think it was—I think it was a preview feature quite a while ago. I don't remember seeing the GA one for it, so yeah. um, it might still be in preview. But uh, if you are uh, exploring Bastion and you're using um, all of these more modern methods of administration um there's a lot there's a lot of options to modernize the infrastructure even within azure right
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and 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 again it makes this service way better than it is um right now and 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 i think removes the limitation although yeah, it's it's huge it's huge it's huge removes that limitation and simplify all of that uh all of that and um The next one, I think, was dedicated for me because I do use a Mac. I do fight with the Mac every single day um, in this case. And the next update is the public preview of the Azure VPN client for Mac OS. It was long due, I have to say, Um, but it allows, in this case, it's in public preview, so don't use this in production, or at least try not to use this in production. Exactly. Uh, um, but what I like about this preview is is going from, I think, was last week update regarding the, the client that mm-hmm. allows the multiple, in this case, um, authentication protocols. So allows you to have native Azure AD, certificate base, radios, for the open VPN protocol. So yeah, that's a huge it's, thing. It's a huge thing, right? It's huge thing. And and allow us in this case to have and allow us with that Azure VPN client, okay, for macOS to have conditional access.
1: And 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 conditional access and also forced MFA. Yes. So this is uh, this is actually an, another kind of you know it's tucked at the end here, and they did sneak it in late in the day today. Uh, by the way, uh, so it was late breaking news this afternoon on uh, 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 for Azure update. But uh, this is a big one, right? Because uh, being able to use conditional access now means that you can wrap a lot of rules and uh, way better security uh on there so absolutely. you know uh, azure vpn is a very powerful tool and um to extend it now to mac os um yeah we were kind of excited to see this one in
0: here. yeah absolutely i was like ecstatic when we when i see these this afternoon coming right before we starting our um our pre-show um uh, kind of uh, pre-show uh agenda right Mm -hmm. uh, When we started the pre show, we saw this. Whoa, this is very fresh. So we are on brand new. It feels like I'm CNN right now. It feels great. (laughs)
1: Late breaking Azure news. Exactly.
0: (laughs) We should have like those blinking things like breaking news. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. I think with that, uh, we arrive at the end, as you guys already suspect, because we are too much fun already. Uh, we come to the end of our podcast this week. Um, I think was pretty good. Uh, the content was amazing. A lot of amazing updates, I have to say. Really good
1: updates this week, right?
0: Yeah. And I have to say that I still love the new Azure logo. Now that uh, I'm seeing that every single day more and more and more and more, uh, I love the new logo. I'm just hoping that Microsoft sends some new swag because now I have, yeah, I have for I have exactly. old, old logo, old logo over here. Yeah, uh, um, I I use
1: my trusty Vital MTB uh, steel mug so that I can't hurt it. Yeah,
0: but it is what it is. Uh, no worries about that. I th- I hope that Microsoft uh, that is listened because they did listen about this uh, about this Azure Cloud yes. VPN. They did listen about the, the Azure Bastion host. And look, I don't
1: even have a proper Azure collared shirt to do our, our podcast this week.
0: That's okay. That's okay, my friend. A shame. You are still a beautiful, a beautiful person, <laughs> outside <laughs> and inside as well.
1: I appreciate that. Thank okay. you. Uh, this is, as you know, uh, we say it all the time, but I really do mean it. This is one of the highlights of my week. Absolutely. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, being able to just chat about Azure with you, and uh, with you, everybody out in the big wide world, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's very humbling uh, it that you would waste your hour and listen to us.
0: <laughs> so don't forget to subscribe if you like the content. If you are new to the channel, uh, we will love your feedback. So please giving a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, there is no thumbs in the middle, but you can leave a feedback. Subscribe to the channel, share the love, share among your peers. Uh help us spread the word. Uh we want to hear from you. Uh what do you like, what you didn't like. Um and uh I hope that I c that we can see you in the next week, right, Andrew?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Chime in on the on the Azure centric YouTube. Um it's amazing. Uh this week I will have a little bit more time. Some things are shifting around. And uh, I will uh, comment on, uh, well, reply to a few uh, comments this week for sure.
0: Nice. So please, let's do the comments, please. So we can have, in this case, Mr. Andrew Lowe's comment as well. Uh, So thank you so much uh, for all of your support. Uh, Thank you so much for all of your love. Um, And I hope that I can see you uh, next week. Have a wonderful Azure week. And bye for now.